Good morning. Where have you all been all weekend? Glad you're here. Uh, we're thrilled to be here back with you again. Tell them I said hello. Um, tell them they can get here fast. It's a great sermon that's about to be preached. All right. We are going to present right now part three of a series. Since I can't be here next Sunday and the Sunday after. In fact, the Sunday after we'll be in Church on the Rock in New Haven, Connecticut. One of your sister churches. Uh, precious friends. I'm sorry. I didn't do it. Oh, I know how you feel. All right, peace, Lord, peace. Uh, we've been sharing with you all weekend uh, perfect peace. And if you need the notes, they're very, very, very important. You're going to want these notes. The ushers will serve you now. We have copies for you, so please raise your hand if you need the notes. You're going to want this. I, 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 trust me, trust me on this one. Um, they will be glad to serve you, and they're coming right now. We have lots of people with hands up, lots of people. Lots and lots and lots. Okay, great. Keep your hands up, please, and, uh, so that you can receive them. We are um, made 800 copies, so I know we have enough, although I don't see enough in their hands. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. Okay. All right. This is a stick-up. Okay, I'm just joking. All right. We are um, Holy Ghost stick-up, Holy Ghost. We uh, just want to uh, let you know what we've been doing. We were here earlier this year, but since we've seen you, Last month, even, we were in China, and I mentioned before that there is a great, unprecedented revival taking place in China. Every day, 27,000 people are coming to Christ. Amen? Isn't that exciting? And it is a Pentecostal spirit-filled revival, literally. They lay hands on the sick, they speak in tongues, they raise the dead, they're seeing miracles, and God is really moving by his spirit. Okay, we have some more copies here. They're still coming. They're still coming. Great. Hear the rest of them. Hallelujah. There's a ram in the bush. Great. So please make sure you get those. And uh, next month we'll be in Colombia in South America. So uh, these are mission trips. And next year uh, they want us to spend an entire month in India going from place to place to place, past, ministering to pastors and leaders and holding pastors' conferences. Then we'll be back in China next year on a mission trip to continue our work there with the apostles and the leaders. We were in Chengdu and Be Beijing this last time, and we'll be back in those two cities at least uh, just to, um, to help them with the wonderful problem they have of too many souls. And what do we do with them? A dream come true problem. And they've asked us to come over, and we'll also, we'll, on one trip, we'll be conducting four pastors' conferences, one in Thailand, the other in Cambodia, the other in Vietnam, and the other in Burma, which was formerly, excuse me, Myanmar, which is formerly Burma. God has opened up these doors. There are going to be large conferences, many, many, many pastors coming. Uh, last time in Vietnam, there were 500 pastors and leaders, and so they're expecting even more this time. So would you pray for us? Um, if, if God, you know, causes our faith to rise in your heart, there's a reason. We have learned the hard way to ask people to pray for us. Uh, prayer changes things. How many of you know that? Prayer changes things. God listens to the prayers of his people. God does listen. And so wherever we go, we beg people to remember us in prayer. On our table out there, there is a, a piece, a, a free sheet that will help you with this message that we're going to share with you, part three of Perfect Peace right now. If you want it, you can just grab it on the way out. But also there are some CDs I just want to highlight 
If you remember last time we ministered on the blessing, how many of you remember the message, the blessing? Okay, great. Many of you were here. Well, we brought some supportive CDs for you. I didn't have them last time. One is Children of Destiny. The other is the Arrows of the Lord. And they both will help you discern the heart of your child so you can speak blessing over your child specifically or your grandchild or your niece or nephew or maybe a neighbor, uh, whoever God has called you uh, to speak blessing over. That will really help you. There's another CD called The Voice of the Lord. That is very, very, very important. My motto for life is to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, saying the right thing. And there's a teaching on how to follow God's leading, how God leads us. That will really, really, really help you. Uh, and that, somebody I saw from the second service grabbed from famine to fruitfulness. How does God bring you out of a, out of a season of, of maybe just enough or even lack into a place of fruitfulness? And so that's back there. But, you know, just see what you like. All right. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that we are here now for part three of Perfect Peace. And Lord, you, you, you forbid me to preach anything else this weekend. I wanted to preach something else. You said, no camp here. Build an altar in this area because you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Church on the Rocks in Texarkana a measure of my peace they've never known before. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Lord, we are ready for more of your peace. We understand the need for your peace. And we're going to understand it even better now. Now we pray that we will have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. And that signs and wonders and healings and miracles accompany your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now if you look at your notes, you look at your notes, we're, we're just going to recap very fast to bring you up to speed. I would strongly, say strongly. Uh, you can say it strong enough. Say strongly. Say strongly, strongly, right? I would, I would strongly encourage you to listen to the first two messages last night and this morning because I went very deep in certain parts of this teaching and it will be worth your while and it will, it will ramp up your understanding of what God is going to say right now if you get the background. I won't have time to do all of this. It's just too much. This is a series. Okay, so we're part three. But we're going to read just the verse that's at the top of your cheat sheet in your hand right now, your outline in your hand on perfect peace. Read it with me out loud. Uno, dos, tres. Lord, you give true peace to those who depend on you because they trust you. One more time. Lord, you give true peace to those who depend on you because they trust you. A powerful promise. I think it's one of the top three promises in the world, especially when you survey the land and the peacelessness that is in our culture and society and the world. Thank God for his peace. And the Lord gives peace. Turn to somebody right now and tell them the Lord wants to give you peace today. The Lord, he is ready to minister peace to you today. And I, I, I tried to give you some foundation of understanding of where the word peace came from in the Bible. In the Old Testament, there is the word shalom, of course, and it came from a root word, S-I-M, and it simply means to be complete or to be sound or to live well. Of course, shalom then originated from that word, and shalom means wholeness of life or body, wholeness in health. Right relationship or harmony between two parties or people, often established by a covenant. It means prosperity. It means success. It means fulfillment. 
It means victory over one's enemies or the absence of war. Now, in the New Testament, uh, this word that is, is understood is greatly influenced by the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. Every, every biblical scholar, every biblical dictionary will tell you, even uh, some secular dictionaries will tell you that there's strong influence from shalom in the New Testament word, which is irene. And it is the biblical concept of peace that does not focus just on the absence of trouble, but it is, listen, it is unrelated to circumstances. In other words, circumstances will not dictate your level of peace. Circumstances will not manipulate your level of peace, your degree of peace. But the peace that God gives is stronger than anything out there. It is. A goodness of life that is not touched by what happens on the outside. And I gave you some biblical examples and references, but there are many. But listen, this is a, a good, in a general sense, to put us all on the same page. In a general sense, it is a state of quiet or tranquility. It is freedom from disturbance or agitation. It is applicable to society, to individuals, or to the temper of the mind. We're going to deal with that heavily in this session right now. But as a working definition for us right now, it means freedom from agitation or disturbance by the passions. As from fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. It means quietness of mind, tranquility, calmness. Everybody say calmness. Calmness. Quiet of conscience. I told you last night that there was, there was a, a, there's, a, there's good anger, there's bad anger. There's, there's a time to be angry. There's a time not to be angry, which is most of the time. There's good, some people are angry all the time. I turn on some TV networks, I'm like, you guys are angry all the time. You need to get a chill, chill pill. You need to do something else. There's good cholesterol. We want lots of it. And there's bad cholesterol. There's good guilt, which leads us to God, which leads us to apologize to somebody. Amen. And there's bad guilt, which leads us away from God. But there's good stress, there's positive stress that, that produce a, a, good, a good, good energy in us to do the right things and to excel and, and to do our best. But there's also bad stress that will destroy our families and destroy our bodies and destroy our society. There's bad stress that leads us. You know, you know what doctors tell us? That two-thirds of all doctors' visits are a result of bad stress. Two-thirds. Bad stress. We tried to explain last night that the issue is not, is there stress? There is always going to be stress. There's always been stress on this planet. But the issue is, what do you do with the stress? Would you look at the person next to you and say, the question is, what do you do with it? See, that, that's the issue. Not is there stress, but what do you do with the stress? Uh, and, and we're going to understand, we're going to learn right now what to do with stress. And so we can have victory and experience God's perfect peace. Because stress worsens and exacerbates every known disease to man. It, I mean, it really destroys marriages and families. It is not good. And the issue is, 
It's not when stress come, but yes, how do I handle it? But the problem really arises when there is what we call stress overload. Stress overload. That's when it's sustained. That's when it just comes to you and just stays and dwells and abides. You don't want that to happen. It has deleterious effects, injurious effects, painful effects in all of one's life. But in the midst of whatever comes against us, I want you to know Jesus said, my people will have peace. Well, we would understand how do I receive that peace and how do I walk in that peace and how do I sustain peace and not sustain stress? Now, let's rush through the, the notes. I'm sorry to rush, but again, listen to the earlier messages. I, I, I implore you to listen to them because God really gave a grace this weekend uh, to, to really download this message into your hearts. But just fill in the blanks. I'm going to race through this. Fill in the blanks with me if you like. If you like to fill in the blanks, and I'm doing this for you that are obsessive compulsive, so you won't be mad at me because all of your blanks are not filled in. I want you to leave with peace. <laughs> Some of you will lose your peace. You didn't give me all the answers. All right, so let me, let me give you all the answers. Okay, so number one, God grants constant and complete peace to those whose focus, say focus whose focus stays on him. We're going to really deal with that in this time right now. There are three powerful steps for experiencing true peace. And we'll come back to these verses in Philippians 4 and 6. That This is going to be our camping ground for the weekend. But number one, we must realize that worry is sin. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, condemned. I'm not trying to make anybody feel like, you know, they're missing God. But Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the only way to be set free is to know the truth deal with the truth and worry is sin i gave you the passage here in matthew where jesus is preaching and he says three times emphatically and he really is enforcing this and reinforcing this he says do not worry don't worry about clothes don't worry about money don't worry about food don't worry about life don't worry don't worry don't worry god calls us not to worry I got one amen and one mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all right. It's okay. I know when I'm preaching good. You know, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I know when I'm preaching good. I'm preaching good. God calls us not to worry. And now you, you may say, well, how can I do that? That's why you're here this morning. We're going we're gonna to find out how to do it. But let's establish it first. It is sin to worry. If you do it or I do it, it's sin. Amen. And I, I told both services that I discovered in my life that I am by nature a worrier. I got it from my mama. Don't, you don't talk about my mama. Only I can talk about my mama. I got it from my mama. Love her heart. She's my sweetheart. Oh, you know, second sweetheart. Uh, she, but, you know, she's my mama. You know, you know how mamas are. Mamas, mamas are there when nobody's there. Can I get a amen? Thank God for mamas. Glory to God. What would we be without mamas? Oh, so, so, but, you know, my, you know, she loves the Lord. She worships the Lord. She pleases the Lord, but she is prone to worry. And I, I, as I got older, I noticed in her, I said, I said, that's where I got that from. Because I found that I, if I wasn't worried about one thing, I would find something else to worry about. And I was done worrying about that. I'd locate something else. And I just went from issue to issue worrying, preaching and worrying, prophesying and worrying, praying and worrying, praying and worrying while praying. <laughs> it's all right to be honest in the church today. That, that, that God, Jesus was, Jesus spoke to me one time. He said, well, what are you doing?
thing. I mean, I would leave prayer with a worse headache than the one I went in with. My head would be splitting after prayer because all I did was pray in fear. It's quiet in here. But the Lord confronted me and said, Chandler, worry is sin. Jesus said, don't do it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. And okay, so the next thing, fill in the blanks for you that need to do that. Resist then the temptation to worry. I gave you John 14 and 1, John 14 and 27, where Jesus says emphatically, do not worry. Do not receive the worry. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be distressed. Do not let your hearts be agitated. You believe in me. You trust in me. Believe in me. Trust in me. In verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. Jesus said, my own peace I now give you. Not as the world gives you do I give you. Listen, do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. This is the amplified version. I call it the eternal version because it's endless. He says, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated. Stop allowing yourselves to be disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. This is, this is the truth. Worry is a bully. And it comes to push you around. It comes to try to intimidate you, to make you think that you have no choice. But in the name of Jesus, we're going to rise up and say no to worry. Because what Jesus says you can do, you can do. He never lies. By his grace, he has put strength in you. You're stronger than you know. God's grace is on you. God's truth is in you. And you have the grace on your life to rise up to worry and to say, no way, Jose. No more de nada. Con mucho gusto. I'm practicing for Colombia. I'm not speaking in tongues. I'm practicing for Colombia. I love what Jesus says in, 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 in Matthew 6 in the, in the King James Version. I was raised in the King James Version. And we talk like King James. Thou with knowest when it cometh, when I calleth you it, because God it is with us right noweth. It's the, it's, it's the holy authorized version. And if you don't speak it like this, it's, God's not with it, you if. But write this down. Refuse thoughts of worry. And you, you know what Jesus says in the King James? He says, take no thought. I love that phrase. It's a great word picture. Take no thought. When it's offered it to you, say, Mm-mm. no, you, you, you have the wrong address. Go next door. Maybe they want that. I don't want that. Come on now. This is, this is good tasting worry. No, no, no. Come up with your mama worries. I don't care. No. <laughs> I'm not trying to be like my mama. I'm trying to be like Jesus. Sometimes worry has been in our families for generations and generations and generations. It's time for you to cut the umbilical cord in the name of the Lord. And they say, as for me and my house, we're not going to worry. At this church is not going to worry. We're a people of God who are not going to worry. And so this is, this is so important. But, but refuse thoughts of worry. I love that. Jesus said, 
take no thought. Not one. It's coming. There'll be many opportunities for you to receive worry. Trust me. Maybe walk into your car. There'll be an opportunity for you to worry. Maybe before you get out of the service today, there'll be an opportunity for you to worry. Maybe you worry about not worrying. Take no thought. Write this down. Throw all your cares on him. How many? All. How many? Throw all your cares on him. And I've given you three examples. First Peter, where he says, cast all your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. Proverbs 16 and 3, roll all your cares on the Lord. Psalm 55, 55, roll all your cares on the Lord. Get it on him. Why get it on him? Let me tell you something that will revolutionize your life. Until you give it to him, he doesn't have it. Until you give it to him, you still have it. Until you give it to him, you still have it. You have the problem still. You have the issue still. You still have the predicament. But when you give it to him, it's his. He's waiting. He's not going to fight with you. He's not going to argue with you. He's not going to struggle with you about this. He waits for you to roll it. Rolling requires effort. Can you just... Imagine you're rolling something, rolling it. God says, roll it over on me. Cast it on me. There's a great, great metaphor in the, in the Gospels where Jesus said one time that, that it's impossible for rich men, for rich people to enter. Well, it's difficult. He says it's hard. He says not impossible, but nothing's impossible for God. It says that. But it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples are like, wow. But Jesus said this. He said, he said it's, like, it's like the, the eye of a needle for a camel. And, and you know, he's, he's not talking about the eye of a little sewing needle. He's talking about the, the hole in the wall they had in, in their cities. And, and that hole was there because the, the camels came and they were heavy laden with burdens and heavy laden with goods. And the only way the camel could, could get through the hole in the wall, the eye of the needle, to get into the city to bring their goods was for the camel to un, be unburdened from the loads and the goods and to get on their knees. And when the camel got on their knees and got the load off them, then they were able to go through the eye of the needle and get into the city. And, and unless we learn how to get on our knees and, and let Jesus get the burdens off of us, because we come heavy laden and we come so burdened and we have so many cares and so many re real anxieties. God, I bring it to you. He said, get on your knees so I can unload, so I can get that stuff off you and get it on me. The camel must get on his knees and somebody must unburden the camel. Amen. And the Lord said after that, all things are possible with God. Nothing's impossible for God. Write this down. Fear is the opponent or the opposite of peace and it never comes, it never originates from God. I've given you 2 Timothy 1 and 7 in the American Standard Version. It says, for God gave us not a spirit of fearfulness, but of power and love and discipline. Listen, 
God did not give us a spirit of fearfulness. If fearfulness is trying to come into your heart, come into your life, God did not send it. God did not absolutely. He never sends fear. He calls us to reverence him. But we only fear him. But it's a reverence. It's not, no, because we are, we are secure in Christ by the blood of Jesus. How many of you received the blood of Jesus? Then you're secure in Christ and there's no need to be afraid of God. He's your father. We can cry out our father. We belong to him. So I'd say here, then bring all your requests to God. I love the Phillips translation for Philippians 4 and 6. I love this translation. It says, don't worry over anything, whatever. Say whatever. whatever. Tell the person next to you, whatever. Come on, Come on you got to say it right. Whatever. whatever. Come on now. When worry comes, say whatever. When anxiety tries to come, say whatever. Roll your eyes. Like, whatever. Yeah. Don't worry over anything. But look at, look at this. Tell God. Tell who? Tell who? He didn't say call your mama. He didn't say call your banker. He didn't say call your CPA. He didn't say call the doctor. He said tell God. Now, you, you may have to call the doctor next, but first tell God. Tell God. Tell the person you tell God. Tell God how much. Tell God everything. Every detail. Say every detail. This is critical. This is critical, folks. This is what it means to roll it on the Lord. Tell God everything, every detail of your needs in earnest and thankful prayer. And the peace of God, which transcends human understanding, will ever keep, will keep constant guard over your hearts and minds as they rest in Christ Jesus. We'll come back to that. That's a powerful truth. Bring how many of your, your requests to God? Bring how many of your requests? Bring how many of your requests? Bring all. See, we get in trouble when we don't bring all of them. Sometimes I discovered that some of mine were hiding in a dark place in the recesses of my heart. There was a care there. And, and, I, you know, and I didn't bring it. I didn't, sometimes I didn't know it was there. But then later on, it manifested. I said, oh, God, I got to bring this to you, too. I've got to bring it to you. So, I'm giving you this, pour out your heart to the Lord. I love Psalm 62 and 8. It says, pour out your heart to the Lord, not to my CPA, to the Lord. Not to the lawyer, to the Lord. Not to my banker, to the Lord. Pour your heart out. And then learn to pray the promise and not the problem. I've given you some verses to reference later and look at it, but too often we spend all of our time praying, detailing the problem, and we never get to the promise of God. David often would, would, would launch his psalm with, oh, is this bad and is that bad? And let me tell you what they did to me yesterday. Did you see what they did to me this morning? Blah, 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 blah. But he always ended with, but your promises are, but you are faithful, but I know you're my God. I know you will deliver me. He always ended with the promise. Say the promise. Let's not, let's not fill our prayer time with the problem. Let's learn to at least finish with God's promises. Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you now. That's a, that's a message all by itself. 
finally, on this, on this first, on this point here, thank God that he is with you always. Amen. Say, he's always with me. Always. Say, Lord, I know you're always with me. And that his, and thank him for his victory and strength. In the situation, I give me some verses that say it's always the will of God to give thanks. It's always the will of God to give thanks. Now, let's read this quote together by Henry Drummond. That's in your notes. Let's read it together out loud. Christ's life outwardly was one of the most troubled lives that ever lived. Tempest and tumult, tumult and tempest. The waves breaking over it all the time. But the inner life was a sea of glass. The great calm was always there. Jesus walked in tranquility. Jesus walked in calmness. Jesus walked in peace. Perfect peace. And he said, my peace, that same peace I give to you. So point two, after I first first realized that worry is sin, number two, receive his peace. Receive. Say receive. Receive his peace. Tell tell the person next to you, receive his peace. Receive his peace. I've given you the, uh, I want to just read the voice in John 14 and 27. This is a new new translation, a relative new translation. It says, my peace is a legacy I leave to you. I don't give gifts like those of this world. It says, do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. Jesus said, do not let, do not permit, do not stand for it. Do not stand for it. It will try to come. It will try to manhandle you. It will try to have its way with you. But do not let it happen. So listen to this. God's peace will stand guard over your thoughts and feelings. I want to read Philippians 4 and 7. God's peace. God's peace. God's peace will Stand guard over your thoughts and feelings because, because his peace is indescribable and unexplainable. Philippians 4 and 7, the Living Bible. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet. Ooh, isn't that good? His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet. Say, Lord, quiet. Woo! Oh, say, Lord, quiet is good. Quiet is good. And his peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Now, remember, this is after verse 7. Excuse me, verse 6. 6 comes before 7 in in most languages. 6, 7. It's it's amazing how that works. You're so intelligent. First verse 6. What was verse 6? Roll it on the Lord. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. But, but I'm supposed to worry about my children. No, you're not. But I'll be reasonable. Some things you have to worry about. No, 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 no. Give it to the Lord. And stop worrying. I want to come with the, the spirit of the lie. I mean, this, he, he wants you to believe that it's, it's appropriate in some areas to worry. Be anxious. No. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, nada, zero, nothing. Say nothing. Nothing Nothing means nothing. In the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Spanish, and English, it means nothing. 
This is where the devil tricks us. He says, well, it's appropriate. Well, it makes sense. I mean, come on, be reasonable. Yes, consider the matter. Yes, think it through. Yes, be realistic about what's taking place. Yes, count up the cost. Yes, then give it to the Lord. Do the numbers. Yes, then give it to the Lord. I am worried about ministry. I, I used to worry about whether I was growing enough spiritually. Lord, I should, I, should, I should be farther along in the Lord by now. I should be more fruitful by now. Lord, I don't have enough fruit in my life. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Lord, I'm not praying enough. Lord, I'm not reading my Bible enough. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't want you to come now because my work's not done. Lord, hold off. Don't come. Don't come yet, Lord. Delay your coming. I need to get my work done. Worrying. Anxious. Lord, help me. I'm going to memorize a verse every week. Oh, God. I'm, 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 I'm slipping. I'm slipping. I'm slipping, Lord. Tranquilo. Peace. Calm. His grace is sufficient for you. Yes, memorize the verses. Yes, desire to memorize the verses. Yes, desire to grow in Christ. Yes, desire to minister to more people, but in peace. Worry is sin. Jesus said, take, don't take that thought when it comes. Don't take it. It's coming. Don't take it. There was a great preacher named uh, E.V. Hill, great preacher, Baptist preacher in Los Angeles, mighty man of God, preaching machine, anointed. And uh, one day this guy came to see his daughter at his house, and the guy was not at all what E.V. Hill to raise his daughter to be attracted to or to want. And after this guy left, his daughter, you know, talked to him for a while after I left. <laughs> E.V. Hill said to his daughter, go, go, go get your mama, go get your mama. I just want to confirm that you did, in fact, come from us. Because <laughs> that guy is not the guy I've raised you to marry. All the investment, all that I put into you, all my labor and tears and crying and all of my, all of my work. No, I didn't raise you for that. Go get your mama. She has to just reinforce the truth, if it's the truth, that you did, in fact, come from us. I've got strong concerns about whether you came from us by right now. What Evie Hill was saying was, don't take that guy. Not, a, not, not every guy is for you, young lady. Young man, not every girl's for you. Your mama didn't raise you for that girl. God didn't raise you for that thought. Amen. That anxious, worried, fretful, fearful thought. And, and you, you, you start understanding as the stress begins to... See, stress tells the truth. The stress manifests in your body. I talked about that last time. The stress will show the signs. You can lie and say, I have peace and I'm just flowing in God's peace. Yeah, we live with you. We live with you. We see you. We know you have no peace. Your peace is taking a major hit. We see the effects of the stress on you. Don't try to give us that line. We have to work with you. We got to go home with you in the car. You may say you have peace, but we know better. Good preaching, Chandler. Good preaching. 
somebody tell the truth around you so we all can be set free. The next one, his peace will take control. I love that, his peace. Uh, contemporary English version, Philippians 4, 7. Then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. God's peace will take over. And there'll be two centuries. One, one, one biblical Greek scholar said there are two centuries that God assigns to your mind and assigns one to your heart. And they guard. See, after you give it to Jesus, Jesus says, okay, I take it. Now here comes my peace. But his peace can't come until you give it to him. Let me say it again. As long as you have it, he does it. As long as you have the problem, he doesn't have the problem. You got to turn it over. Say, turn it over. Say, roll it over. Say, cast it on him. And then Jesus' peace comes and he promises that it will guard your heart and mind and it will exercise control. Hallelujah. God's word is awesome. His truth, his word is truth. And the last point under number two, claim his peace by faith. Jesus, right now, everything, the sky is falling, it seems, but I claim your peace. Jesus, you said you gave your peace to me. I claim your peace by faith. Isaiah said, his word will not return void, but it will accomplish what you sent it to do. Now, let's read this next next quote, because I want to just summarize these last points and then pray for you. Look at what John Bunyan said. If we have not quiet in our minds, outward comforts, more stuff, more so-called material prosperity will do no more for us than a golden slipper on a gouty foot. Isn't that a great word picture? Good old John Bunyan. If we have not quiet in our minds, outward comfort will do no, you don't need a new car, you need peace. The last thing you need is a new car, a new boat, or a new gun. Uh Uh-oh, I shouldn't have said that until after the offering. He's trying to mess with my gun. Get your gun, brother. But get peace first. We don't want you you with a gun with no peace. Woo, hallelujah. Peace first. (laughs) Let's do things in order. Peace first. You ever seen an angry man fishing? <laughs> Get peace, then fish. <laughs> if you don't listen to me, listen to John Bunyan. Get some quiet in your mind. And this is the peace that Jesus offers to us. Oh, let's finish. Point number three, step number three. Retain your peace. First, First, realize that worry is sin. Two, receive his peace by faith in the midst of the worst storm. Say, Lord, your peace is mine. You promise, and I know you cannot lie. I've thrown my cares on you. Now I receive your peace. Number three, retain your peace. How? Resign yourself to meditate on edifying thoughts. Now, this is important. This is where I had a lot of trouble. I didn't know, I didn't know that I was so negative. I didn't know it. I thought I was a really positive guy. Oh, such an uplifting, edifying God. All my thoughts were pure and wonderful and sweet. 
I came to find out that, oh, my Lord, I'm ashamed to tell you about my thoughts. I'm, I'm not talking about sexual lurid thoughts. I'm just talking about negative thoughts, thoughts that are not positive. And, and there's a list of eight, eight things that, that you know, I, I, I call it God's checklist, God's mental checklist. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. You know, it's really only eight things, although it seems like 59, but it's only eight things. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, that's one. Whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, that's two. Whatever is just, that's three. Whatever is pure, that's four. Whatever is lovely and lovable, that's five. Whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, that's six. If there's any virtue and excellence, that's seven. If there's anything worthy of praise, that's eight. So these eight things. So you must learn to filter when a thought comes. Do a quick, quick survey of quick inventory of the checklist. One, two, three, four. No, no, no. Ah, reject. Thought rejected because no, it's not pure or it's not lovable. That thought, that thought about your child, that's not a lovely thought. I know it's about to run you crazy, but it's not a lovely thought. Look, it's time to get real because you cannot keep your peace if you have the wrong thoughts. The battle is in your mind. It's in my mind. That's where the battlefield is. And this is where we get down to the nitty gritty. This is where you must be vigilant and vigilant. This is where you must be on guard. This is where the Holy Spirit will help you to filter your thoughts. Yes, I'm talking about you. Your thoughts. Your boss does something because he's stingy and he's just honoring. And so all day long, mm, 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 mm. And you're even praying, Lord, you see what he just did? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. At, at the water cooler, you know what he just did? Yeah, I know. He did to me last week. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to lose your peace. Oh, boy. Nobody said amen. Nobody said amen. You're going to lose your peace. How many of you want to keep your peace? Keep. Jesus gives you his peace. Do you want to keep it? Jesus does his part. And with some of us, you know, we cast it on him and then it jumps back on us. I discovered that my worries had a rubber band connected to them. It was like a yo-yo. I tried to get rid of it and it came right back. I, tried to, I said, why don't you stay away? And it came right back. I said, what, what is it about? Because it likes you. It's been with you a long time. Been with your family, been with your mom and daddy, your grandparents, been with your great-grandparents. It's a family yo-yo. But God is telling you, to establish a whole new covenant and a whole new legacy and a whole new generational blessing. Cut the cord. Cut the cord. Cut the cord so that when you give it to God, it can't jump back on you. Now, I had to learn the hard way that it, it called my bluff. I said, he said, okay, you think you gave it to God? We'll see. It jumped back on me. I said, in the name of Jesus, I gave you to God. He said, yeah, but I like you, Chandler. We've been friends for a long time. I'm comfortable with you. I don't want a new home. I like this one. I said, leave me, get off me. You're not for me. I don't take you. It left me. She tried to come back and say, let me see if I can sneak in the back door. <laughs> I mean, honor me little things. I mean, just really persistent. But you must stand your ground. In the name of Jesus, I'm not receiving you. In the name of Jesus, I'm not taking you. In the name of Jesus. 
And sometimes I had to fight all day. Because I had to convince that worry that I do mean this. I'm receiving the peace of Jesus. I mean, you give something to the Lord about your child and they do something else. I just gave you to Jesus. Give him, give that boy to him again. Give that girl, give your grandchild one more time. I did it yesterday, do it again. Wake up in the morning. Okay, before we start, Lord, I give it to you. <laughs> Let me just clear the deck from the morning, from the beginning. I give them all to you, Lord. No matter what they do today, I give them to you. I'm not receiving this pressure. I'm not receiving the angst. I'm not receiving any anxiety today. I give them to you, Jesus. Give your boss to the Lord first thing in the morning. Give the boss you don't have to the Lord first thing in the morning. Give your business partner to the Lord first thing in the morning. Give your secretary to the Lord first thing in the morning. Give your doctor to the Lord first thing in the morning. And when an anxious thought tries to come, say, can't you hear? I gave you to Jesus this morning. I gave you. Don't you understand English? Speak in another language, whatever it takes. Send the text, send the memo, whatever you need to do. Because it will try to bully you. It'll try to bully you. It'll try to pressure you into worrying. You got to worry. It makes sense to worry. Come on. Normal people worry about these things. Lord, I'm looking at my bank account, and God, um, zeros are disappearing. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You're going to throw it on the Lord. That's what you're going to do. Say it with me. I'm going to throw it on the Lord. Say it. I'm going to roll it on the Lord. Say it. I'm going to cast it on the Lord. Now, in order to do that, I had to learn the hard way. In order to do that, then when thoughts try to come, you got to say, mm-mm, reject, reject, ah, ah, bonk, bonk, bonk. You're going to find out you have no good thoughts. <laughs> Watch. When you take this seriously, you're going to see that that wasn't loving, that wasn't true, that wasn't honorable, that did not honor the person you were thinking about at all. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Your old church, yeah, what happened to you there that was negative, give it to the Lord. Because those thoughts will try to come back, and then you just let some anxious thoughts in, thinking about your old church. Wow. Your first husband, your, the other husband too, the other husband too, give them to the Lord. And your three first wives. All right, so give them to the Lord. Give them to the Lord. It's all right. God loves you. All your wives, he loves you. You must learn to meditate on edifying thoughts. This was so hard for me. I didn't know I was so negative. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. If you told me, I wouldn't have known it. I didn't know it. What a shock it was to me to be honest with God. 
about my negativity. No wonder we have so many divorces. Our thoughts are negative all day long. And you can't easily recover from that. You can't easily bounce back from that. It's hard. You can't think and think and think negatively about your spouse. Pretty soon it's going to kill all the love that there ever was. And there'll be no rebounding. And it's not that there are irreconcilable differences. No, your heart is negative. Filled with negativity. I love you. (laughs) Let me finish so we can pray. So, filter all thoughts through this biblical checklist. I've learned to take this seriously, very seriously. Be brutally honest about your thought line. This is for all of you that are what I call beaver personalities. You, You are very, very much in the box. Don't draw us at the lines. Very administrative, very orderly, very, you know, Everything's got to be perfect, got to be right. I don't want you to go home with a headache, so I'm going to give you all the answers. Be brutally, be brutally honest. Say honest. Be brutally honest about your thought life. Be honest. Be honest. Take every contrary, peaceless thought captive. Paul says, take it captive, which means you've got the power. Amen. Say it with me. I've got the power. Say it by his grace. I've got the power. Say it again. By his grace. I've got the power. Paul said, take it captive. Say, nope, you're not coming in my mind gate. Nope, you're not coming in. You don't have the right ticket. You don't have the right password. What is the secret password? If they don't have the right password. Lasting peace rules here. Look at the verses. Remember that the Lord is the God of peace. Never forget that he wants you to have his peace Contend for your and his peace. Let me read just the last verse in this last quote. Peace is a deliberate adjustment of my life to the will of God. Peace is a deliberate adjustment to filter, to filter the wrong thoughts as they try to come. Jesus said, don't take it, don't receive it, don't worry. The last verse is, don't fret or worry. Read this with me, please, at the bottom of your notes, please. The the Message Bible, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Read, please, out loud. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's a wonderful thing. What happens, Christ displaces worry at the center of your heart and life. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you give your peace to us, your people, that your peace is real, your peace is great, your your grace is sufficient for all of us. Uh, It may seem that this is too much for us and that, God, how do I do this? And, And I've tried But, Lord, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for each of us. And your grace is here right now and your peace. Your peace. Your peace and your peace. 
You had Paul pray, I want you to have peace at all times, in all ways, and in all situations. Peace, peace, peace. Peace is for us. Peace, peace. In every situation, peace. And it, whatever, no matter what comes, peace. No matter how hard it comes, peace. That we learn to run to you and pour out our heart and detail the issue and roll it over on you. And then we guard our thought life. Peace. And we keep the peace. We fight for the peace. We contend for the peace. We stand in Christ's peace. Lord, I know that there are many who are burdened with worries and cares. And Lord, I just pray your grace on every single one here. We need to be honest. We need to be transparent. We need to be authentic and genuine with you and, be, and, and come clean and say, I've really been dealing with peacelessness. You're not mad at us. You've just brought us to a place of truth so we can know your truth and be set free. You're not angry. You're, you're not condemning us. This is your grace. Your grace. So may we receive from you this day in Jesus' name. Our Pastor Mike is going to come right now and dismiss you. But I, I'm going to stay here a while and pray for those who want it. I know God told me you can't speak about anything else this weekend but my peace. Because I'm going to manifest and minister and reveal my peace to my people here. And so uh, we're going to pray for you after Pastor Mike comes if you want it. And I urge you, if you can, don't rush out. If you can. Uh, I know by the Spirit. I know by the Spirit that the enemy has been sent against many of you to steal your peace. I know it. I know it. But I want you to know there's a greater one here. The greater one is here. We just want to pray for you and stand with you and release in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll be giving the Lord one great, big, big hand this morning. Thank you for some powerful ministry. Amen. Hallelujah.